Well, good morning, New Hope. Glad that you're here this morning with us. It's always encouraging to hear individuals, youth who've grown up in New Hope, who have now gone off to serve the Lord. Matter of fact, we are sending more individuals out of New Hope in missions than people are coming to us seeking support in missions. And so we're so excited about what God is doing here as far as expanding missions. Uh, We're up to 20 different areas around the world where we have missionaries, and it is very encouraging. I just want to highlight again next weekend the, the whole opportunity for the weekend of Thanksgiving. This is an opportunity for us to express our appreciation, our Thanksgiving, and to extend that to our community One thing we're doing along with that as well is our teachers have made so many transitions during this last year that we uh, have purchased a Caribou gift card for each one of them and and the staff down to the janitors, to the district office, all that. And we're going to be sending a gift card and thank you to 700 plus uh, of the employees in our our county here, all the way from Bram to Cambridge down to Isani, just to say thank you for all the adjustments and for the help of teaching our kids. Along with that, the coats and the boots, along with that, the parade around our caregiver facilities, and that we want to be a people who bless our community that we live in. And so thank you so much for being involved with that. I really appreciate it. We're in this series called Wealth, right? W-E-L-L-T-H. And Jesus makes this interesting comment that's sort of challenging. Mark 8.36, he says this, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? We've heard it, that line. Ponder it a little bit. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit, give up their soul? I was trying to think, what is this like? And what came to my mind was the concept and this picture, and actually this practice of what's called the monkey trap. Maybe you've heard of it, where they hollow out a coconut just the size of a monkey hand, and within the bottom of it, they put fruit or bait or whatever. The monkey puts its hand in to grab it, And then when it has its fist to grab it, it cannot pull its hand out. And it's tied to a rope or whatever. And the monkey will do whatever and thrash and and that. And they walk up and they get the monkey. What's so interesting is this. The monkey is not trapped by anything physical. By anything physical. The monkey is trapped by an idea, a belief. Man, if I just keep hanging on to this, if I hang on to this, it'll eventually fulfill me. But yet by hanging on to the bait, it what? Literally forfeits its life. Jesus said in Mark 836. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, to hold on to it, 
yet forfeit their soul. To gain the whole world here is to receive what the world has to offer. Money, fame, pleasure, power, prestige, experiences. To lose one's soul is to die without a right relationship with Jesus, a right relationship with those around you, a right understanding of what really life is about. And then at the end, to spend eternity apart from God in hell. That's what this verse is communicating to us. So in our text today, as we continue in 1 Timothy chapter 6 in our series on wealth, the Apostle Paul is communicating to his mentee, Timothy, that Jesus now has this new life for him. And in this new life, he is to approach money and wealth and stuff in a different way. And so let me read the text and then we'll go through it. 1 Timothy 6, verses 11 through 13. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called when you were made, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the Spirit of God, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession, I charge you. And so Paul starts out as he is mentoring Timothy in this new life, and he reminds Timothy, first of all, of our person. In 1 Timothy 6, 11a, he starts out and he says, but you, a man of God. Paul addresses Timothy as a man of God. In relationship with Jesus, you and I are a man or a woman or a youth or a child this morning of God. This statement, this phrase is one of the Old Testament titles. In Psalm 90, we read a prayer of Moses, a man of God. Many of God's prophets or messengers, leaders, were called men or women of God. Okay? So Timothy's title, our title, is one now of honor. It does not focus on Timothy's past, but on who he is now in God's presence. He is now a man of God. There's a shift in his person. When Jesus said in John chapter 3, that a man or a woman, youth or a child, must be born again. What he was saying is, hey, 
They must become a new person. And so Paul is reminding Timothy, listen, you are a new person. You are now a man of God. When a caterpillar is born again, it's a butterfly, right? It's no longer a caterpillar. It doesn't even look like a caterpillar. It's new. And so Paul is reminding Timothy of his person. You are now a man of God. And I want to remind you this morning that you are a woman, a man, a youth, or a child now of God. But Paul goes on here and says, because you are a new person, secondly, it impacts now our pursuit. In 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12, verse A, it says, he says, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. What is he calling Timothy to flee from? He's calling him to flee from the love of money or stuff or position or power. Not that we cannot have those things, but we need to make sure that those things are not our God and those things are not tripping us up. Because Paul told Timothy, hey, the love of that then creates and grows roots of evil, of evil practice, evil lifestyle. And so he says, flee from all this. What do you get when you, when you think of the word flee? What's the concept, the idea you get? You know, it's running, right? He's calling him to run. When a burglar flees from a bank, what is the picture you get? Do they leave like, hey, thank you, everybody. Hey, thank you for the money. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for the money. They appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, could you get the door for me, please? <laughs> no. I mean, they're, they're out. The car's waiting. They're, they're, I mean, they're fleeing. And so Paul's telling Timothy, that is what I want you to do. If there's any inkling in your life of the love for money, prestige, wealth, if that is your God, if that is your main pursuit in life, flee from that and run to this. Run to righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance. Run towards gentleness in your life and how you approach life and how you approach relationships. Why? Because this is your new person. You are a man of God, a woman of God. This is who you are. He's calling for Timothy to do a redirection of his thoughts, a redirection of his actions when it comes to money, possessions, when it comes to generosity. And he's calling him to align it now with the God that he follows, not the world. 
And what does he say at the end of the line? He says, and fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because it ain't easy. It isn't easy. We live in a world where it's tempting or we truly don't have the right perspective at times or we get caught off guard or we get this slow fade towards falling into the trap that money, possessions, position or whatever is going to find, find us our true security and joy and happiness. And this is why Paul, in normal day life, is challenging his mentee, Timothy, and saying, let me remind you of your person. Let me remind you of, because you are a man of God, of now the pursuit. But thirdly, he wants to remind him of our position. In 1 Timothy 6.12b, it says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. What Paul is calling Timothy to do is, hey, I want you to claim in great fullness, 100%, not the benefits of what offers, but now the benefits of what eternal life offers you. Because eternal life doesn't kick in when we kick out with our last breath. Eternal life kicks in the moment we confess our sins and acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Eternal life starts. And the fullness of eternal life we can claim. But how much of it do we actually claim on a day-to-day basis? How much of it do we actually use? You know, it's very similar to our phones, I think. You know, we all have phones and we all have sent phones. But probably in my life, I probably use 5% of the capacity of this smartphone. I only claim 5% of it. 95% of it, I don't use. And Paul's telling Timothy here, he's saying, listen, claim everything that comes with eternal life. Why? Because now you're a man of God. Why? Because now you have a different pursuit. And it's all because of your position. You can claim it all. I think there's four areas of eternal life that oftentimes we as Christians during our days leave on the table. I think the first one is the forgiveness of our sins. We recognize that Jesus forgave our sins when we accepted him as Savior and Lord. But do we recognize that even today, when we sin, that he will forgive us our sin? So often I talk to Christ followers who are like, you know what, I just, I can't confess that sin. I've, you know, I've done it probably 30 plus times, if not 100. And I don't, I don't think God will forgive me. I just keep doing it. I don't think he'll forgive me. And I'm like, he'll forgive you. I mean, he paid it all. That was the cross. It's paid for. It's comprehensive over our sin. Bring it to him. Drop it off. Quit carrying the sin around. Drop it off. It's paid for. But we don't claim it. But that's eternal life, right? I think we don't claim our identity in Jesus, who we are. We continue to listen to what the world says about who we are. 
But what does Jesus say about who we are? Man, we are his child. We are his saint. We are the righteous ones. We are justified, meaning we're made right before him. He says we are free. We have freedom. We are loved. We are valued. Man, Psalm 139, he says, I knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully, you're wonderfully made. Every one of you in this room, fearfully and wonderfully made. In Ephesians, it talks about how we're his workmanship, which in the Greek is like we're his artwork. All of us are hanging on his walls. Our pictures are hanging on his walls because we're his artwork. Man, our identity in him. But we leave it on the table. We don't claim it. I don't think we claim his wisdom as often as we could. We're not picking up his word and reading it. It says it's a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. We can call upon the Lord in any situation and say, what do I do here? I'm not sure. I need your wisdom. But we leave it on the table. We don't claim it. And I think the fourth one is that we don't claim his power. We don't claim his power, but so often we try to live and work out of our own power. But yet in Ephesians 1.18, it says, the same power that like raised Jesus from the dead, that's crazy power, is the same power that lives within us by the Holy Spirit. And so we have this incredible power available to us to maybe bite our tongue instead of say what we really want to say. We have this incredible power to not be anxious, but to be at peace and say, God, give me the power to trust in you in this situation and just be at peace. And so Paul is wanting to remind his mentee, Timothy, and to say, listen, This is who you are now. You are a man of God. You are one who has fleed from pursuing what the world offers and what it does in forfeiting your soul to now pursuing righteousness and love and faith and endurance and godliness. And in that, remember your position and claim everything that comes with eternal life and use it. Claim it all and use it. And then he concludes in verse 613 with our possibility. He says, in the sight of God, who gives life to everything in Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you. He's saying, listen, the only way that we have the possibility of being a man or woman of God, of being able to flee from the world and flee to righteousness, godliness, faith, love, the only way that we can claim fully eternal life and claim all that comes with it, our identity, the forgiveness, the power, the wisdom, is because 
of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Our possibility for our position, our pursuit, and our person is all because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. Acts 4.12 makes it very clear. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name, nada, under heaven by which we must be saved. It is only by Jesus. He rearranges our person, our pursuit, our position in eternal life, and he makes it possible. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we don't have to fall into the monkey trap, but we can let go of the pursuit of money and stuff and wealth as our source of security or joy, identity or peace. And we can rest in our person our pursuit, and our position. Mark 8, 36, Jesus said this, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit, give up their soul? And so I challenge each one of us this morning, where are you at? when it comes to your person, your pursuit, and your position. Because Jesus made those three possible for each one of us in the room who are Christ followers. And if you are sitting here today and you're uncertain if you are a Christ follower, if God truly has forgiven you for your sin and you're in relationship with him, then I invite you to visit with Pastor John after the service today and take care of that answer. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that your word is clear, that your word is challenging as well. And Lord, really, very few, if any of us in the room, really want to run after all the world has. But yet, oftentimes, we run after it without not even realizing it. Or we get caught up in it. Or we think we can have both. Or... So I just pray that you would speak to us individually today and help us sort it out. That we would be in a place where you have created us to be. A place of our person, our pursuit and position in you which is our ultimate joy and security and peace. And so thank you in your holy name. Amen.